and welcome back to Two Guys, One Lightsaber, Marvel Holocrons, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or I like to call it all the time now, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Pandoff, joined by my co-host, Ron Burgess, and my special guest, the guy who made me the nerd I am today and had to endlessly hear me on his overnight shifts talk about nerd stuff mr chuck <laughs> bean oh thank you so much for the uh thank you so much for the introduction i feel like i'm ruining your premise because now it's three guys and one lightsaber <laughs> well we talked with our one friend jake you, you're the hilt of the lightsaber and then you, oh all right yeah you go there you go we're double bladed now <laughs> okay excellent excellent I've, I've got a lightsaber on either side of me essentially exactly <laughs> sounds like I a like nightmare it. scenario <laughs> god it's gonna be one of those shows again i'm loving it um chuck you want to just give a, a listening audience a quick background of what you do and why we are so fond of you and had you come on the show uh sure so i am uh I've, I've been on the radio for about 10 years now i've been actually on the air on the radio for about seven of those years uh but one of my startings was with um a a show that uh was a podcast called Nerd Radio which was uh an excuse basically to do production work uh to give myself some stuff to do production work and then uh thankfully Jade was kind enough to say why don't we put this on our HD2 station and uh it is morphed into a podcast now that once a week we get to we get together on Twitch on Wednesday afternoons at Checkpoint X please Twitch stream and record it we got a whole bunch of people that watch us do it there and then they have a couple hundred people that download the podcast which is pretty sweet as well which you can get on wrif.com from there i've got a wrestling podcast i do called the one fall show i've got a horror movie podcast i do with a buddy called um talk horror to me i'm on twitch playing video games all the time i'm on the radio a couple nights a week uh i'm producing a couple shows for the riff and uh it's it's just it's a busy busy week but when um when you guys were like hey do you want to come on our podcast and talk about this falcon winter soldier finale i was like well i'll see if i can squeeze you in and here we are oh big radio man but see folks again <laughs> you see why he is a professional perfect plug 101 right there no pun intended so let's just get into it so what do you guys think about this finale like i felt it, I, it could have been an extra 20 minutes maybe 10 tops uh i felt like it was a little rushed in certain things but man sam wilson looks good in that captain america suit do you think so I, I do, uh, mainly because, Chuck, you're the comic reader. I'm the guy who sees something on a movie, and then I do all the research afterwards. I think it's pretty <laughs> damn accurate. It looks pretty good. It is. It does look a lot like the suit he wears when he becomes Captain America in the comics. And I'm I'm very curious now that, you know, there's a live-action version of it. Like, I asked my wife, Amy, when we were done with it. I was like, what do you think of the suit? Because, like, I don't want to influence anybody's opinion on it. I just want to hear what you know your opinions are on it but i i gotta say it's the first maybe the first one of these like superhero costumes that i looked at and was like maybe that doesn't work but i'm I'm glad to hear that people without that context of maybe the comic books look at it and they're like oh, that's damn fine i like it <laughs> is it just the like headpiece for you that doesn't the headpiece work? looks uncomfortable <laughs> it looks extremely like it's you know suction cup to his head and face and i'm like man I, that can't be fun to wear yeah, it looked no, like his ears were smashed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. It looks like, um, I hope at least if they do the live action movie, uh, they slim it down a little bit. It seems a little poofy in the chest area. That was my only like thing where I'm like, eh, you could make it like a little bit more Black Panther-ish since it came from Wakanda, like make it more slick. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I'm sure like, you know. He's also got a... He's also got to put the wings somewhere and he's got the jetpack and he's got red yep. bird on him. Like he's got a lot of tech on that suit, including right. the shield. So, you know, it's 
uh, it makes sense for it to be a little bulky. Very true, very true. Uh, thought- Ron, do you want to just uh, dive us in, bring us into the first fight scene, and we'll talk about pretty much the Battle of New York for Captain America? Oh, <laughs> uh, real quick, I thought the integration of the shields into his suit was awesome. Yes. Yeah, I love the way he utilized it. Um, but yeah, to start us off, it uh, right out the gate, it's uh, Sam fighting Batrock. It's uh, <laughs> Sam calling in help with Sharon, who uh, we'll have to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Carly kidnaps the GRC Council and basically just tries to cause all hell. And Sam was not having it. Yeah, and I liked how he, uh, the way they introduced him to it seemed, I liked how they kept him on view and you seen him flying in. When he first shows up, I love how uh, he just introduced himself as Captain America. Like, I'm Captain America. I thought that yeah. was very well done. Um, his combat style is showing, even though me and Ron wanted him to take this to him, he doesn't need it. I think eventually he will need it at some point, but to show how he is a mix of Iron Man, he's pretty much a mix of like, Hawkeye, I look at it, or like from a combat, like hand to hand skill wise, uh, when is so, uh, not when a soldier, Captain America and Iron Man, the way he utilizes everything, his fighting style very much makes him different. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting how Batrock was actually able to kind of keep up with them just because he didn't have the serum. The one thing I really actually hated about the episode is that Batrock threw a chair up against the shield and like knocked <laughs> it out of the air. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I thought vibranium was tougher than that to be overpowered by a common chair. <laughs> Little did we know the one thing you can stop vibranium with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if Thanos would have had that, you could have ended that battle real quick at the end. <laughs> if Thanos had watched like one minute of world wrestling entertainment, yeah. he didn't know Give him a yeah, chair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos hits him with the stunner game over. Uh, <laughs> um, I will say, though, uh, the only thing I didn't like about this whole sequence, because you saw Sharon Carter do her thing and then Bucky doing his thing. Hey, I didn't like how he tried to talk carly down later on in the episode but overall in the whole series i feel like bucky got super nerfed am i the only one who thought that like they made bucky weaker it sure as hell seemed like it didn't it i think that it has a lot to do with the fact that when he was the winter soldier he was just a weapon he was programmable he didn't have a moral compass to uh stop him from doing anything that he was doing and now that he actually has to um you know, has to has to stop and think about the things he's doing. He's he's probably second guesses himself a lot. Yeah, that's I, I true. think that too. Yeah, that, that could make sense too. I mean, you did see that when he was fighting one of the flag smashers, like the car was on fire, people screaming help. He's like, all right, I'm going to toss this guy aside and I got to do the hero thing. Right. And that was uh, really cool. I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, it was yeah. really cool to see U.S. agent do the right thing in this episode. Well, yeah, there was a, I guess we can just go there real quick. Uh, Walker, when he's fighting Carly, hears screams for help and he just continues to engage. And then the second time it comes up, he finally does the right thing to try to save that truck. Yeah. I don't know how Chuck feels about this, but it seems like he is the most, they they, they say it him, they made you emphasize with the villain. And that whole scene where we'll just screw it, we'll jump, we'll jump all over this episode pretty much. Uh, <laughs> when he threw the, when he's talking to Carly and she pretty much says his his friend's death mean nothing. I could feel that rage boiling like that. What like I was like, dude, go kick her ass. I screwed up. Sure, like do it. Like uh, and where Wyatt did you Ruff, guys? 
Where did you guys fall on uh, John Walker throughout the season? Because um, I we had kind of a disagreement in the household about the fact that like immediately from the first time my wife Amy saw uh, John Walker, she was like, he's not my Captain America. He's no well, Captain America. And be when, be when he finally snapped, I was like, he has tried to do this job to the best of his abilities and no one is giving him the benefit of the doubt. I do not blame him. Well, I've ripped on their tactics if you uh... – ask Ron about this I've ripped on the tactics like he was set up to fail from the beginning sure like like the fact that Battlestar didn't have an M4 or stun grenades or anything like that like even a Black Widow uh bracelet to like stun people sure he was he was doomed to die like it was just a matter of time but like yeah dude he's done everything he can do for his country and Medal of Honor four times or three times whatever and you saw that in the shield like him having the Medal of Honor his descent into madness wasn't his fault it was just pressure and I think that's so relatable because so many of us had pressure in careers, personal life, schoolwork. And when you finally hit that breaking point, you just do. Like, you you yeah. snap a little bit. Now, I won't cut off some man's head with a Captain America shield, but <laughs> I understood where he was coming from when he did that. That was his best friend, a guy he did numerous tours with in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he just got killed. And now this person is saying his life meant nothing. I would be that, – that's relatable to me. Sure. But, yeah, like anybody would be furious. And I just love Riot Russell because I've seen him do a great episode on Black Mirror. And let's be honest, he is the son of Kurt Russell. So I'm going to support the hell out of him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's fantastic. On one hand, I'm uh, it upset me to find out that he is not in a hurry to, uh, you know, do any revivals of any of his dad's movies. Uh, but on the other hand, boy, oh boy, would I love to see him in a Escape from New York or The Thing. Like He said that was um, that would be career suicide to play Snake, and I agree <laughs> with him. But he does have his dad's chin. Oh, he, oh yeah. That's, the minute you know that he's Kurt Russell's son, you're like, oh, yeah, I could totally see it. Right. Yeah. What pissed me off is everyone automatically like said he is captain america i'm like no his character serves a completely different purpose even in the comics he's captain america for two seconds yeah kill someone as captain america and then has the title ripped away just like in the show like sure he, he is u.s agent he is not captain america and it was never really meant to be captain america it was showing like this is what happens when like someone not being... steve rogers is is like what happens when someone is other than Steve Rogers is Captain America. Yeah, it shows that being Captain America is more than just putting on the suit and being able to toss the shield. Like there is, once again, there's that Steve Rogers moral compass. And uh, the, it did warm my heart as it did many of us uh, that watched it to see. There's the moment where... Um, where Sam is is lecturing the the politicians and you, yeah. you it goes back to Bucky and you could see him kind of like give this smile and nod of like and that's why Steve gave you the shield Steve saw in you who you are right now mm -hmm. yeah Walker never had that ability he had the ability to take orders not inspire sure yeah that's that's fantastic um so Chuck, real quick, since you're the bigger comic book reader, I, I I know Ron knows his stuff, but you worked in a comic book shop. Yeah, was still this do. An, oh, you still <laughs> do. Um, was this accurate? Like, did you like how they portrayed John Walker in the show? Do you I do absolutely. I I like that. Like you were saying earlier, that they kind of gray area him in a way that they do most of their villains. They did the same thing with Zemo. Zemo went from like the dude who killed Black Panther's dad to like dancing in a club and, and you know everyone is <laughs> kind of woobifying him and has a gif of him as like one of the most entertaining parts of the show but you know still still a villain you know still has to 
has to pay the price for the things that he's done. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of any of these characters, uh, Zemo or uh, Walker or any of them. I I wouldn't even be surprised to see Battlestar show up again at some point. Well, oh, obviously man. not Lamar, but someone taking up the mantle. Of uh, you know what? I, <laughs> we, we've uh, we've seen in different iterations of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, the ability to bring people back from the dead. I would <laughs> not be surprised to see a version of Lamar show up again at some point. Brian, just like our boy Colson. Yeah. Yeah. Shield. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they don't up, go that. You're picking up what I was putting down. <laughs> I really hope they don't go that route. Leave that out of the movies. <laughs> um, so let's just uh let's dive into Sharon Carter, who it doesn't make sense to me about her going into this episode, how she is the power broker, because granted, I don't know, they never said she if she got blipped. I don't think she did get blipped clearly, because she became power broker in five years. Right. But the fact that Zemo said he knew of the power broker or knew him before, it's weird to me that she was doing this while she was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and still had her aunt alive. So kind of her moral compass was her aunt. It's just weird to me that she's the power broker. I still don't think she is. People are saying that she is. She never confirmed she was power broker. It was. I think uh, it was. I think it was telegraphed really hard. Like almost immediately, it was telegraphed really hard that like, oh, there's some, supposed to be some kind of power behind Sharon, but we've never seen it. So, and then you know, you see, you see her do things throughout the series. You're like, well, she's just the power broker. Like this. So by the time it's the reveal happens at the end, you're like, yeah, I, 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 I figured that out. I, I figured that was the case. I was yeah. hoping for like a 180. Like I was just hoping for something like like I wasn't hoping to get the power broker for at least her to admit she worked for him. But yeah. she never confirmed she was the power broker when Paul the Leaper said, oh, the power broker is here. She wasn't like, yeah, she just kind of like stayed quiet about it. Oh, you mean Batrock? Yeah, Batrock. Sorry. Yeah, the Leaper. <laughs> George St. Pierre, Paul. OK, I'm sorry. The greatest <laughs> UFC middleweight fighter of all time. <laughs> but I mean, she could be the power brokers like it. She could have taken that mantle up like in those five years like when oh, that, 100%. Went, went into madripoor like hey i'm gonna take out the biggest guy in town and now i'm the biggest guy or biggest person in town yeah that's that's kind of what i was assuming is that at one point there's that there's probably always been somebody called the power broker in madripoor yeah. but it's a title it's not just one person and like you know madripoor is such a violent place that it's probably been multiple people right so that's what uh, I got out of it is like she probably just worked her way up to the top because she was a world class assassin. Like she correct. worked for the CIA. She she knows how to get into well, a position of power. And now she has the ultimate power. Uh, we'll fast forward to her. I guess we'll just do this kind of like character breakdown. Um, <laughs> yeah, seeing her at the end, just calling someone, even though she got pardoned, she was immediately like, hey, super soldiers are gone. But boy, oh boy, I have a bunch of secrets to sell. Yeah, right. Bunch of bunch of uh, technology and weapons and secrets, and she's uh, she. I I would think that that's probably where Captain America Four is gonna go. Oh, I agree. Um, because uh, the whole thing is like, I still think Hydra is still out there, even though Agents of Shield played it out. But Agents of Shield is slowly getting retconned out more and more now. Um, I think Hydra. It would be great for Sam Wilson to go up against a new age Hydra. Because let's be honest, like. Captain America without Hydra is kind of it's kind of like Batman without the League of Shadows. Like they're never gone, but there's always someone else taking a Raz Al Ghul mantle or a Talia Al Ghul mantle or some kind of off faction of it. So I think I think Hydra coming back would be really good for Sam and Bucky uh, going forward battling together, and that would understandably make them recruit more people possibly. 
for at least the solo movies and TV shows and stuff. Yeah. I could see that. There's been a uh, rumor that uh, this, like Sharon selling secrets, could be part of Armor Wars, which Rhodey is going to be the main character in. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so there, there's that rumor out there. And then we, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we had a, basically something take over the Mephisto showing up, <laughs> like theory out there that Sharon's actually a scroll. I saw something about that. No. So that's, that may be the most annoying thing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom is now like every one of those shows has to have one of those like, oh, it's Mephisto. It's going to be Mephisto. Yeah. Like the first time it was like, well, that's kind of fun. But like then it's it's turned in. Now it's turned into this thing where like, oh, I bet it's a scroll. Oh, I bet it's this. I'm like, eh, just watch the show and have fun, man. Yeah. Right. Chuck, I like to refer to that as fan theory bullshit. Uh, yeah. Fan fiction bullshit. It's just that, not going to happen. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like we like to do our little predictions too, but we're not like pissed off if it doesn't happen. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like one theory I thought totally was going to happen about who the power broker was going to be, and Chuck, you might have heard about this, but it could have made sense and been cool. Zola was going to be the power broker the whole time. I wouldn't have been surprised. I really no, liked when he cool. showed up. I loved when he showed up in Winter Soldier. Right. Like I he was. He was super creepy, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm cool with this. I wanted to be like that Ninja Turtle guy, the brain, like yeah, the giant body, and his face just in the middle of it. <laughs> like that would've been cool. Yeah, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought this up because this is something that I've I've also been curious to talk to people about. Is that I feel like this show really showed that Captain America's rogues gallery once you get past Red Skull is extremely shallow. Dude, I know nothing about them. That was my thing. <laughs> yeah. You start seeing characters like Battlestar, um, you know, or even Batrock the Leaper to a degree. And you're like, OK, A, these characters are really silly. And B, like, how how deep is Captain America? How many, you know, returning villains does Captain America have? Well, he's got Red Skull and he's got Arnim Zola and he's got Baron Winter Soldier, Zemo, I guess. And yeah. Winter Soldier ends up being a good guy like. I guess he doesn't have a real deep rogues gallery. No, the, no. His gallery of rogues end up serving a higher purpose than just being Captain America's like villain to go against. Because right. like, Leaper is part of Thunderbolts. Zemos part of Thunderbolts. And like all like they've teased it so many times already that it has to happen. I'm convinced that Val is setting up Thunderbolts. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, the rogue gallery doesn't exactly exist for Captain America. That's why I feel like it's uh unless it's like hydra coming back or possibly introducing leviathan for like a captain america 4 but i don't think the groundwork is laid for that either like i don't know where they could possibly go with a captain america 4 movie pretty much captain america's rogue gallery is the greatest evil of all time the nazis and then once he <laughs> once we got that in the first movie it's like well how do we top the nazis yeah what else can captain america fight well he can be really pissed when he finds out his government is in on some shady shit yeah exactly um, and that's why when a soldier is still probably the best of all the mcu movies because of that whole espionage thing yeah mm -hmm. uh so let's just uh, let's talk about bucky real quick chuck how do you feel about bucky sebastian stan a lot of people think he should get emmy nominations i'm kind of up there too that wakanda scene is probably my favorite scene of the whole show is him getting snapped out of it and crying i thought that was actually really well done finally seeing that but i thought it's sebastian stan brought it it's fascinating to hear people say like you know, uh, the, like it happened with WandaVision too, where they're like, Liz or what's her face should get an Emmy nomination or special should get it. Like, guys, we're still just watching a superhero movie. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> calm down. Like it's still, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just cause I've been 
in the game as far as this kind of stuff is concerned for so long but it still feels kind of like a you know like it's it's a second rate thing like if you if you get a nomination for something it's probably for special effects right you know that because because that's the the real you know the the super impressive and that's not to say that everything else you know the fight choreography and the acting and stuff can't be impressive but it just it always feels a little silly to me and and a little too grandiose to be like you're gonna win an award for doing a batman movie i'm like uh i mean you did a batman movie calm down (laughs) yeah because like the only person to ever get an award for a superhero movie that wasn't special effects was heath ledger and you could make the argument well was that because he died or was that because his version of phoenix didn't joaquin phoenix get some stuff for uh joker yeah he might have i think i thought he won a couple of awards for that you know and hey you know if you do congratulations and that's awesome but like i said at the end of the day like you did a movie based on a comic book calm down a little bit here (laughs) this is why i love you chuck this is why i love you you know how to burst the bubble that us nerds are always stuck in well trust me uh we're talking in the same weekend that mortal Kombat came out so there's been a lot of that on uh going on on my twitter where people are really excited about mortal Kombat, and i'm like guys it's a it's a game of or it's a movie about a game where like you kick a guy in the ball so hard his head explodes like let's let's <laughs> chill out a bit here i love it um uh, uh, but so did you i hang on i just want to ask so we, did you like this bucky though because we finally got to see his i think this was the most talking we've gotten out of him in all of his appearances and character I like his character arc in this a lot. I like the the buddy cop nature of him and Falcon. I like that um, by the second to last episode, they've kind of, you know, they're more family than they have been. And I I wanted to, I, this is another thing I've been asking a lot of people, especially since that second to last episode. Did the episode right after Battlestar dies, did that almost feel like a completely different show? I agree. I thought it slowed it down just enough. Yeah. Up to that point, it was this weird espionage thing. There were, you know, there weren't mysteries as big as WandaVision, but there were these mysteries that you were trying to figure out in this plot line that you were trying to do. And then you got this like just completely humanizing, uh, you know, episode that I, I was like, man, I, I like this episode more than I've liked the entire series so far. <laughs> no, um, I think that kind of had to deal with, um, they had to rewrite a whole side plot with uh, Carly. So when her mother figure died, that was due to a virus. So there was supposed to be a virus pandemic going on during the show. And they had to completely scrap all of that because really? they didn't want to offend people during the pandemic that we're going through right now. Huh, that's so I think that kind of helped them. I think maybe that caused episode five to become what it is. And I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I like the slow down nature of it. Them talking, Bucky flirting with Sam's sister a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic stuff. Um, but the only thing I wish we would have came and now let Ron talk here, I wish we would have had that conversation with his neighbor. He just said it, and then the next scene, he's walking out the door. I yeah. wish we could have seen a little bit more of them talking about like him killing his son. But yeah. who knows? Yeah, no, I can understand that for sure. Uh, the Ron. thing I wanted to ask is I've seen people kind of like rip on that this show was really taking like kind of the... I don't know, thoughts and like the feelings of that's going on, not just in America, but kind of like around the world right now and really kind of putting it on display and seeing people rip. Why do they have to get political with this? And like, I think it actually made the show a lot better that they are showing the struggles that Sam and Walker have to go through and that like the government is overstepping and like needs to be kind of put in their place kind of thing. 
No, I agree. And that's why we always talked around that we believe that you bring anything into these kind of shows. And as long as you don't shove it down their throats, but actually make it part of the good storyline, make it grounded, it makes it more impactful and relatable. I think that especially with the Marvel Universe as a whole, whether it comes to the comics or the the movies, the, the part that I enjoy the most is how their world does feel, as Stan Lee would put it, the, the world outside your window. And part of that is to look at what's going on outside people's windows and go, hmm, okay, if that was going on in the Marvel Universe, what would it look like? And mm-hmm. I think this show did a really good job of... Um, you know, taking what essentially is the the um, the the question of uh, immigration and finding you know and finding a way to be like, okay, well, a bunch of people disappeared for five years and then they came back. That's going to eat up a bunch of resources, and we're going to have to find ways, places to put those people and resources. So I thought that was mm. I, I'm into it. I think I think it's cool. Yeah, like one of the lines Sam had talking to that senator, he's like, you have as much power as an insane god or a misguided teenager. Like, right. That, that's the range of power that you guys have, and it all depends on how you use it. That, that line just really hit home for me. I do have to say, I, I am in the camp. I was talking to Amy about this uh, yesterday. I am in the camp of that scene went on a little long for me. And not because I didn't agree with the things Sam was saying to that senator, but more along the lines of no human being will let you browbeat them for that long without interrupting you. (laughs) But it's Captain America, so you're not going to interrupt Captain America. In front of a bunch of cameras. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, No, I agree with that 100%. And even uh, going back, um, the big thing was the race issue with how they treated the second Captain America and how he was written off the... I thought that was really well done. Um, and that ending scene, the director said, you bring tears to your eyes. It didn't bring tears to my eye, but man, just when he looked at his statue and Captain America's wing, it I, that hit me really hard. And I thought that's what this show did excellent. It showed exactly kind of what we're going back through. We were like, let's look back at our history a little bit and kind of stuff like that. And I thought that was really well done. I will say between Sam's speech and that scene, there was not a dry eye in this house. right i don't know if you guys were able to pause to actually read on that like memorial of his but it actually told his entire story and like hey the government completely forgot about him threw him in a jail cell experimented on him and so like i i actually paused it and read it and that's cool and i it literally said word for word like this is what the government didn't want you to know and this guy's a hero that's cool that's super cool I think he's going to be staying around. I think he's going to be because uh, they they never clarified what happened to old man Steve Rogers in the show. And that's kind of interesting to me. He's on the moon, Mike. He's on the moon. <laughs> he's on the moon. <laughs> What's he doing on the moon? Chilling. <laughs> he's hanging out with uh, with actual. Um, what is it? Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Jackson. Oh yeah, <laughs> with him and him and actual Nick Fury just chilling on the moon, like at the end of teaching, uh, teaching scrolls how to fight vibranium <laughs> shields. Oh, That's God. a fun thought, I, and I love oh. how the reporter was like, "Wait, I thought Captain America was on the moon," and then they started calling Falcon like it's Black Falcon or is it Captain Falcon? 
<laughs> oh yeah, the Captain yeah. Falcon. Oh my Falcon gosh. punch. I saw a great video. Um, I saw a great meme where he threw the shield like uh, with the helicopter sequence, which I thought was totally Captain America like how how you saw him strategize how to get everyone out of the helicopter and find out the one pilot and all that stuff. Hell but yeah. when he throws the shield through, somebody says, "Ah, uh, fucking shield!" and it goes through <laughs> the helicopter and it fucking kick and it kicks through. Okay, <laughs> Game yeah. over. I didn't think about that. Shield. Falcon kick. <laughs> uh, I, like my my friend brought up an awesome point he's like after sam's speech to the senator he's like i was hoping bucky was like did you write that down first or did that all come from your head <laughs> like sam did to just like sam did to steve and winter soldier <laughs> right he's like they missed a perfect opportunity with that <laughs> yeah no he was proud of him <laughs> um so going forward so what do you guys think this kind of sets up because this takes place i believe right before far from home that's yeah, interesting because so. yeah th that's the that's the game we play now with all this marvel stuff right is like where does it hit in the timeline so yeah that's one thing th that's the only bad continuity that the mcu has is uh the, the timeline they'll take an extra from four movies ago and it'll still appear like 10 years later but they can't get right. the timeline right <laughs> well i want to know why spider-man wouldn't show up it's in his backyard why wouldn't spider-man show up unless this is while he's in europe that's my only argument is that he was over in Europe <laughs> while this shit was going down. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's he's been outed, so he's laying low. Oh, no, Chuck, I wish I could <laughs> talk to you about all my crazy Spider-Man 3 theories going on in my head. There's a little part of, there's a little part of me that's glad you can't. <laughs> so you do miss me. <laughs> no, but I, I i think this show is i think Vale is setting up thunderbolts especially with making walker u.s agent and saying like hey well, like what is it zemo's butler kills the flag smashers and that which car. i loved yeah and she's awesome. like oh i couldn't uh, it couldn't have worked out better if i planned it but i didn't or did yeah. i no oh, yeah. i didn't I did. <laughs> what did you think about Julia Dreyfus becoming Val? Because I guarantee you know her better from the comics than I do. I love her and everything she's done from Seinfeld to Christmas Vacation and Veep. So back up. So the guy who blew up the super soldiers is Zemo's butler? Yeah, yeah. from the airplane. Ah, you see, him for see a quick I didn't... Yeah, I didn't pick that up. That's fascinating. Um, I love Julia Louise-Dreyfus as well. Um, Nerd Radio listeners know that uh, last year my new year's resolution resolution was to watch seinfeld from like episode one to the final episode <laughs> uh, i still have not i am somewhat stuck somewhere in like season five or six on hulu uh slow so burn it buddy slow burn it yeah no i watched it a little bit well that's the thing is like the first couple of seasons i wasn't a huge fan of but once it gets like around season three or four then they start banging out some really good episodes um but i i greatly enjoy her work on that and i think she's a fantastic actress and comedian um I think it's fun to have her cast as that character. I think that's an interesting character as well, because it's another one I don't have a lot of history with. Uh, but from my understanding, she was Nick Fury's girlfriend for like most of the 80s. Like, I think she's supposed to have a bit of psychic ability. And uh, and then somewhere in the last 10 years, she went undercover as uh, like Madam Hydra. And I guess in the comics now she's doing time in a prison uh because you know she had to do some nefarious shit when she was madam hydra so right. that lends itself to all, all sorts of stuff that she could be under she could be doing but i think uh i having somebody show up that you recognize in the marvel cinematic universe is always a delight <laughs> i agree 
Um, she was supposed to show up, and because of the pandemic, it got pushed back until July now. Black Widow, I guess her first cameo was supposed to be in Black Widow, which would probably would have made her cameo in this show a lot bigger. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but me and I told Ron this uh, because he agrees with me. She's forming the Thunderbolts, or at least I, I don't want to call them Dark Avengers because you need Norman Oscorp to make the Dark Avengers, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but it's going it, to essentially be the Avengers, you know, dark. without... Yeah, yeah, without a, a, a moral code. Well, right now she's you can got, even see you can even see on U.S. Agent's new uh, outfit that he's got a holster with a gun in it. So. Well, yeah. So she's got her version of Captain America, just like Dark. This is how I look at it, like Dark Avengers. She's got Abomination, who's supposed to come back at some point. So guess what? They have the Hulk, and now they got Zemo, who can be like the Tony Stark, the guy with the money and smartest guy in the room at all times. So they already got like somewhat pseudo dark Avenger, opposite Avengers going on right now, which I kind of like. And she's got them all in their back pocket on the raft. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Little Suicide Squad like, if you ask me. Oh, that, that's God. exactly what I said. But with yep. her, with her being introduced in uh, Black Widow, Yelena is part of Thunderbolts, or at least a part of like for a little bit in the comics. So my right. opinion was that'll be her first recruit. Yeah, would be I can see Yelena. that. All right. Um, yeah, that would be great. Uh, let's wrap it up because we know Chuck's got a busy day ahead of him tomorrow. He's got your <laughs> radio starting at 11 o'clock on Twitch at Checkpoint XP. Yeah, Checkpoint XP's Twitch stream. Uh, ch- tw- check it out, twitch.tv backslash Checkpoint XP, and make sure you're following us on all the social media at Nerd Radio 101. Awesome. And be sure you also podcast drops on Friday. I know I'm an avid listener. That's why I can always stay connected with you and blow you up on Facebook whenever I get a chance. <laughs> um, but also, yes. So if you were a big fan of Nerd Radio, uh, Two Guys, One Lightsaber and Nerd Radio, but Two Guys, One Lightsaber, be sure to always follow us on Facebook at Two Guys, One Lightsaber. Also, if you have any questions, theories going forward for anything we're talking about, be sure to uh, send us emails at Two Guys, One Lightsaber at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple and Spotify. We appreciate it all. Uh, We've gotten some great reviews that meant the world to me. Appreciate them all. But also, Ron, our next project is, and we're going to have a disagreement about it, probably some combat of ourselves. (laughs) Our next podcast will be on Mortal Kombat 2021. I'm going to be dropping straight fatality on you bastards because I love this movie. (laughs) Hey, Ron, guess what? Welcome to my Wonder Woman 84 argument. It's going to be bad. <laughs> oh, God. I Until next time. <laughs> Until next time, I'm your host, Mike Bandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Thanks for listening, and take care, all.